0: Welcome to the Church Leaders Podcast, conversations with today's top ministry leaders to help you lead better every day. And now podcasting from scenic Colorado Springs, Colorado, here's your host, Jason Day.
1: Hello, friends, and welcome to another awesome episode of the Church Leaders Podcast. Jason Day here, and I had the chance to spend some time with Gary Haugen, the founder of International Justice Mission. After serving as a human rights attorney for the U.S. Department of Justice and also serving as the director of the United Nations investigation in the aftermath of the Rwandan genocide, Gary felt led to create IJM to address the injustices and abuses worldwide against people in poverty. And for over 20 years, IJM has been liberating the enslaved, the abused and the trafficked. It's absolutely amazing kingdom work. In this episode, Gary and I talk about why ending slavery is an important task that every local church should be engaged in, and how in very real and practical ways, every pastor can lead their people to make a difference through Freedom Sunday. We also discuss why entering the fight against slavery not only honors God— but also energizes our churches and impacts our local communities. This is such a great discussion about being involved in God's work. So I invite you to join me in my conversation with Gary Haugen. Gary, welcome to the Church Leaders Podcast. I'm really looking forward to our time together today. So thank you for joining us. Well, thanks for having me, Jason. It's a delight to be with you. Awesome, brother. Now, first, I, I personally want to say thank you for all the work that you and your team at International Justice Mission, all the work that you guys are doing around the world for those in poverty, for fighting on behalf of you know those who are being abused and violated, trafficked, enslaved. It's it's kingdom work, brother, and I love it. Um, you guys have been tackling this for over twenty years now, and I just want to thank you. Yeah. For, for all that you guys are doing. God bless you.
0: Thanks, Jason. It's uh, a great gift from God that He invites us into His work of justice and mercy in the world. It gives us, I don't know, just great dignity and gives us great, um, I don't know, experience of Him that He would include us in His witness of love and justice in the world. And so we're very privileged that we that, uh, we're able to seize that invitation and that he keeps extending it to us, and that's why we're so interested in sharing that with the whole body of Christ, this invitation into God's passion and work of justice in the world. Amen, brother.
1: That, that's a beautiful thing and something that uh, that I know obviously is heavy on your heart, and just how can the Church step in and be a part? And before we dig in too much on that, I was wondering, Gary, could you help us uh, to get a, a bit of perspective on the scope of injustice yeah. issues that we're facing and, and kind of start by helping those of us who are not engaged like you and your team day in and day out. Um, help us better understand, you know, what is the big picture globally when it comes to these injustices that you guys are, are fighting against?
0: Well, you know, I think one of the clearest ways that this became manifest for me, what we're facing globally, is just the, the very clear idea of the problem of violence. You know, Jason, I grew up in a church that was very engaged in missions work around the world, and my wife and I would support friends who were involved in church planting, medical doctors, those who were caring for the the poor. And we were used to the idea of Christians very good at evangelism and discipleship, very good at, at feeding programs and caring for the sick, and those who were homeless and didn't have fresh water. But the one category where we could not see where the body of Christ had very much capacity to respond is when the poor were suffering from violence. So you might picture just the story that Jesus gave us of the Good Samaritan, right, where the man lay, is laying beaten along the side of the road there. But what if Jesus gave us the harder example of the, the beating isn't, uh, isn't over and done with, and he just needs medical care but what if the, the violence is going on right now? What if you're walking along that road and that man is being beaten right now? What is the, mm. the Christian's role in loving, and that's doing unto others as we want done unto us? So if we were the one getting beat up on the side of the road right now, and here comes the Christian down the road, what do I want that Christian to do? Um, I don't want necessarily that Christian just wait for the beating to be done and then you know to take me to the care. I would appreciate right. that, but I actually I would want that beating to stop. Mm. And so, Jason, IJM got started from this idea of how do we love our neighbors around the world and show the love of Christ to our neighbors around the world who are victims of violence. And the big global picture is that. One of the biggest forms of violence that the poor suffer in the world is straight-up slavery. Now, that's a a problem that we tend to associate either with biblical times, with Moses back in Exodus, or we think of Abraham Lincoln and the slavery era in the 19th century. But actually, there are more people in slavery today, Jason, than in any other time in human history. There's about 40 million people held illegally in slavery in our world today. And so that's the challenge that we are presenting to the, the body of Christ right now, is we are alive, we are the representatives of Jesus in the world today, and there's more slaves in the world than in any other time in human history. What is Jesus calling us to do, and who is he calling us to be? And that's what we want to engage with the body of Christ.
1: Wow, that, that's powerful. Now, um, I know that you've, you've shared that entering s- slavery is possible in our lifetime, yeah. that really it starts with the Church. Um, yeah. And, and as, as you've shared, you know, there are so many different issues in our world that need to be addressed. Why is ending slavery something that churches should really focus upon?
0: You know, I think churches should have a particular heart for the problem of slavery for, for several reasons. Number one, again, from this law of love, if we were in slavery, what would we want done for us? right i I'd, i think if i could transport pastors and their their congregations for instance with me to see what it's like for the 2 million children who are held in forced prostitution mm. through sex trafficking in our world and if we could actually go into those brothels and see these 12 13 year old girls as i have seen being sold for $30 $20 or if i were to take you to a lake in West Africa, in Ghana, where there are thousands of young boys, average age of 10 years old, who are enslaved in the fishing industry there. Right? If I could transport our congregations to those places, no one would be wondering, well, does Jesus really think this is important? What, what should we do? it would be like, oh my goodness. Uh, what love would compel is for us to raise our voices and to do what we can to bring rescue. But usually then the challenge is not so much well what would Jesus call us to do, but more what do we do because we're not Jesus, right? I mean right. we don't have the, 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 the you know we're not uh, we're not God. But what's so interesting about this and another reason why it's I think a particularly compelling interest for the church is to remember how ancient is God's hatred of slavery. Because if we think back of the story of the Exodus, when when God wanted to tell a story, a singular story about, his people, and about what it meant for him to love them. Uh, It was a story about rescuing them from slavery. And the Exodus chapter 3 story, when God is speaking to Moses in the burning bush about this, it's, it's this jarring conversation because God says to Moses, you know, I've seen the misery of my people in Egypt, and so I've come down to deliver them. And then the big switch in the conversation is God says, and so I will send you to Pharaoh. So it's when God makes clear, yes, I'm going to bring rescue because I hate slavery, but the way I'm going to do it is to use my people. And so actually for hundreds of years, Christians were famous for their fight against slavery. In fact, some of the most famous Christians that everyone in the world knows are those who led the fight against slavery. Wilberforce, Frederick Douglass, uh, Harriet Tubman. But now, Jason, we are living in an era in which there are more slaves in the world than ever, but also it's also the one point in history where it's actually possible to get rid of slavery because it's actually now illegal everywhere, it's concentrated in just a few places, and we've found the vaccine that stops it. So, this is why we are now inviting the church into its ancient, historic witness against the most sort of ugly, iconic evil in the world, and that's the fight against slavery. Because this is the generation that could actually end it. That's,
1: that's super encouraging when you think about that. Now, um, how—this invitation uh, that you're making, yep. how, how can pastors and ministry leaders help really practically step in and help end slavery? Because sometimes it seems like that's, you know, something that's far off and something that's hidden away somewhere. It's It's not something that there's as much awareness around as you would hope. So how is it that oh, a, pastor, sure. a pastor at a local church, right, what can yes. they do to help yes. really end slavery?
0: Well, you know, we've been experimenting over the years with a variety of ways to get churches engaged, and we have now discovered a vehicle that is, is just taking off and exploding, and that is this notion of Freedom Sunday. Uh, two years ago, we began experimenting with this with about 500 churches in the United States of saying, hey, why don't we just set aside one Sunday a year, there's 52 weeks in the year, let's set aside one Sunday in the year in which churches all across the country will focus on God's passion for the fight against slavery, so that we'll be aware, so that's the awareness bit, right? I mean, a lot of times it feels far away and unfamiliar, and what is this thing? Well, let's get good clarity, and let's rediscover God's passion for justice in the Scripture, And let's dedicate one Sunday to doing that. So 500 churches in 2016 took this up, and we had tremendous fruit from that. And now, then last year, this went global. So more than 3,000 churches around the world dedicated themselves to Freedom Sunday. And uh, what happens in that is that IJM just is able to provide a toolkit for every church on how they can deliver this uh, focus through the sermon, through the audiovisual, through what they've got in the, uh, in, in, throughout their, their ministries and education, uh, in the foyer in that day, and actual tangible ways for every church to, to get engaged. So this is really ramping up now, and it's a way for every church to get equipped by IJM. IJM is now the largest anti-slavery organization, international anti-slavery organization in the world, so we can equip churches with ways to do this knowledgeably and in a way that's very effective, but also to do it in unity with the body of Christ as thousands of churches on one single Sunday participate in doing that. So this year, it's going to be on September 23rd, and... Churches all over the world are going to say we're stepping up. We are going to make sure that we're raising our voice, that we're educating our people both as to the problem of slavery in the world, but also the biblical teaching on how God is prepared to use His people to bring freedom to those who do, who do not yet know uh, God's love. That's
1: awesome opportunity, I think, for every church, you know, to you know step into. Um, this kingdom work, you know, this, this work that resonates mm-hmm. with God's heart, right? Um, yeah. For, for those who are enslaved. Now, as you have been doing this ministry in IJM over 20 years now, you guys have been working globally for those who are in, are in great need. What are some stories of celebration um, that you could kind of share with our audience that might encourage them, yeah. you know, in, in the work? Because sometimes this is a heavy thing, and, and maybe that's— one of the reasons why we don't talk about it as much, because when we, we came yeah. to issues of, you know, sex trafficking, you know, trafficking children, yeah. I mean, those things are heavy. And uh, sometimes yeah. it's easier, uh, yep. not, not right, but sometimes it's easier to not yep. focus on that because it's so heavy. Yep. So can you help us with some of the yeah. encouraging stories, some of the cool things that have been happening and God's been doing through IJM around the, around the For world? For
0: Sure. For sure, because I can appreciate the heaviness, because you can imagine, Jason, and some years ago I was part of an undercover investigation that we were doing in Cambodia about child sex trafficking, and I was taken into the back room of a brothel, and I'm suddenly presented with about a dozen children between the ages of five and ten years of age who were just being sold to foreign pedophiles and sex tourists. Mm. And I had children of just about exactly that age at home. And you can imagine just the the darkness that is felt in such a place. And I just wanted to just either flee from all that or, or just bring down, you know, the, the wrath of, of God upon all right. of it. It was just so over, overwhelming. And yet, you know, I think in all parents who uh, uh, can appreciate this, I think part of it is we are actually supposed to as Christians, supposed to be famous for taking on some of the harder things. And I just didn't want to walk away from that. And I think similarly as pastors, we know that on our best days, God is calling us to lead our churches in, the, in some of the tough things, because that's where we're going to need God. Mm. I find that churches, and many of the, the churches in some of our more you know uh, affluent communities and suburban communities, sometimes just our actual need for God can feel a little bit shallow, right? Because right. we, we have our, our problems and so on and so forth, but do we desperately need God? Well, we only get to experience God deeply, I think, in those moments of desperation. And I find that as we step, in, as, as pastors lead their congregations into the more demanding climb, into the deeper experience of some of the brokenness in the world, Wow, God shows up disproportionately to demonstrate his power and his love. So, in Cambodia, for instance, 10 years ago when I first arrived there, it was ground zero for child sex trafficking. But the church rose up over a decade around the world and supported work with the Cambodian authorities and IJM and a number of, of, of ministries there in Cambodia. And over that period of time, Child sex trafficking has been reduced by more than 80%. Wow. And this is documented by outside experts who put this miracle under a microscope. And so you actually saw on the cover of Christianity Today a year ago where it says the church is booming in Cambodia, but the child sex trafficking industry is crumbling. And see, that's really the way it should be, right? That our churches should be growing and their influence should be expanding in their witness in the world. And that should be manifest with evil fleeing and I think this is what we're really inviting pastors into is to lead their congregations into this deeper experience of God where yes they will experience that they really need him quite desperately but boy is he gonna show up and be that God that we say you know does more than we could ever ask or imagine that's what I've experienced Jason and I think churches that travel with us in this journey uh, get to share in that experience as well.
1: Yeah, I love that, Gary. And as you're talking, I was thinking of, you know, the local church experience and how you said oftentimes, uh, especially here in America, you know, we gather on Sundays and we worship God and we pray, and, and it's a beautiful thing. But oftentimes, yeah. you know, many places, the need isn't that great. And sometimes we, we get a little little comfortable, little complacent. But whenever we step into the issue of, of slavery. Whenever we step into yeah. these heavy places uh, where God's yeah. heart is so very clear, it, it has the power to transform us and kind of shake us yeah. from our complacency and really, I think, yeah. the opportunity for revitalization in our churches. Yeah. You know, it's no, no
0: secret. That I, 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 go ahead. Uh-huh. Oh, no, Just to say, and I think this is what I hear pastors yearning for. They yearn for their congregations to experience that revitalization because most of the people in the congregation have glimpsed at some point or tasted what it was like to be really alive to God. But over time and over sort of the routine and the sort of groundhog day that Sunday kind of becomes weekend after weekend, the sort of desperate uh, need for God sort of fades away and yet there is nothing from our experience with churches that revitalizes that experience of God than following him into the adventure of being his witness in more difficult places and it does require stepping up to something but boy the payback for a pastor who is able to see his congregation not only go into greater depths of experiencing God because now it's not all so safe now it's not also mundane but it's actually a place of desperate need for God, that takes the Church to a, a deeper level of experiencing God. But in addition, it attracts people to the Church, because people who are outside the walls of the Church see that there's life in the Church, there's courage in the Church, there's engagement, instead of people asking, well, where, are the, where is God in the midst of this, and where is, in the midst of slavery, where is God, and where are God's people they see, wow, I see the people that are engaged with courage and compassion, and what's that about? What could possibly explain that? And then we do, as we're called to in the Scripture, uh, we are called upon to give a reason for the hope that's within us, but it's because we're living these lives of courage and engagement. And that's what IJM has for 20 years been partnering with churches to do, is to say, let us provide a partnership where we can lead you into this deeper walk of engaging the struggle against suffering and hurt in the problem of slavery, and you will refine God's passionate heart, not only for you and to use your gifts and your capacities, but also God's great passion for the world, and that He wants to give a witness to the world of His goodness and love through His people. Amen. Amen, that's so solid. And
1: And you know, I really resonate with what you were saying as as a pastor myself, that a lot of the people on the outside of the church looking in, they're they're actually looking to see, are we just gathering together and and doing our little holy huddles, or are we for real about the the wickedness and evil in the world? Are we for for real about extending the love of God? And when they see that—I've experienced this in my own ministry—when they see that, they get excited about what God is doing and who God is and, that, and what the church is, and they want to come and they want to be a part, and there's this, this sense of authenticity that the sure. message we're proclaiming is
0: being backed up by our actions, right? Exactly. I remember actually being a college student. I took a, an ancient history course, and the professor's trying to explain— how did this thing called Christianity grow so fast in the ancient world? What a and this is—I was at Harvard University, completely secular uh, university, but it's a, a a course that's just historically trying to explain how did the early church, the first, second, third-century church, grow so fast when it was just this little tiny sect of a few hundred people that ever you know gathered around Jesus for for teaching, and over and over again, what the historical sto- sources showed, it was the supernatural way, it seemed, that Christians loved the weak and the vulnerable, because that was a a mystery that people could not explain. Mm. And it, it drew people to the Church. And likewise, in our era, there's ways to explain why people pursue those who have more money or those who have more status or those who are more attractive. But what you can explain is when we love well those who are in greatest need. Mm-hmm. And, and we do just live in a world today where there are millions of people in literal slavery. And so for the world to see, look at this, there's a movement of these people who go by the name of, uh, of Christians who are leading this effort to care for those who are most in need, that's a powerful witness, Jason. And what IJM is trying to do with Freedom Sunday is to give that united platform for the body of Christ to say, We're we're stepping up and we're stepping up as a global church. Every church, um, no matter the size, no matter the the denomination uh or affiliation, we're with the united voice going to say, No more to slavery, because God hates it and our hearts are moved by the things that move the heart of God. And look, God's going to use Uh, just regular people uh, that he's called to himself to do miracles in the world. And it's a joyful, joyful thing. Uh, Amen, brother. Uh, Gary, this has been
1: so eye-opening, and I'm sure that we could discuss this for hours on end. Um, If our listeners want to learn more about how they can help their churches engage on behalf of those being trafficked and enslaved, if they want to learn more about, uh, you know, being a part of Freedom Sunday and celebrating Freedom Sunday at their own church, um, where should they go? How do do they learn more about that?
0: Yes, please uh, just have them come to our website which is IJM.org IJM.org slash Freedom Sunday and there it will be all laid out all the resources it's all downloadable, it's, and it will actually connect you with someone will, that will help guide the individual church, have a conversation with the pastor or the team to actually walk it through. So if they'll just go to IJM.org slash Freedom Sunday, uh, they'll be able to find all the information that they need there, or if they want to email us at freedomsunday at IJM.org, then they'll actually uh, start a conversation right away with us on how they can get equipped uh, to explore Freedom Sunday.
1: That's awesome, brother. And we'll have uh, that link, that information in our show notes for all of our listeners. Uh, Gary, uh, it's been such a pleasure to have you with us on the Church Leaders Podcast again. i so thankful for the work you and your team at IJM are doing around the world. Any final thoughts that you might have for us, maybe something we didn't cover or just want to reiterate something that you'd like to leave with all of the pastors, all the ministry leaders that are listening in today?
0: Well, I, if I, I know the heart of, of pastors who are just so eager to, to reinvigorate the depth and the, and the life of Christ within their congregation. And if your church is already in that place of, of total ignition and, 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 and living the, the, the complete full life in, in Christ, so there's not another thing that could be added, God bless you. Uh, but for those who are feeling in that place of, God, where might revival come? God, where might a fresh spark of your Spirit come? Uh, we would just like at IJN to be able to offer this invitation into Freedom Sunday to see if it doesn't draw them once again into God's beating heart and spark a whole new fire of consecrated love for Christ and His love for the world. We would be delighted to be their partner in that.
1: Awesome, brother. I love I love this whole idea of Freedom Sunday and, and how it's even grown just over the last couple of years and look forward to seeing churches all over the place uh, embrace it. And like you said, just you feel that refreshing renewal of the heartbeat of God and how do we step into uh, serving him, honoring him as we uh, love and rescue those around us. So awesome stuff! So excited for churches that are listening. I want to encourage you guys to to get involved with Freedom Sunday, and um, just see what it is that God wants to do in your church and through your church, and the impact we'll have not only globally, but but right there in your own backyard, um, in your Amen. own community, right, brother? Gary, once again, Amen. such a pleasure to have you with us uh, here on the on the podcast. Thank you again for what you guys are doing. Love you and appreciate you, brother. Thanks so much, Jason. God bless you. I appreciate you taking the time to be with us on this week's episode. Every week as we are putting the episodes together, we're thinking of you, our pastors and ministry leaders, and striving to provide insightful and inspiring interviews as you seek to grow as a kingdom leader. So we hope you're finding value from the Church Leaders Podcast, and if so, we'd certainly appreciate you taking a few moments to head over to iTunes and leave us a review. Your positive reviews and ratings help other church leaders more easily find our podcasts so they too can benefit from these interviews. Again, we thank you in advance, and if you have any comments, any questions, suggestions, or ideas for guests, I would love to hear from you. You can send me an email to podcast at churchleaders.com or you can connect with me on Twitter. Finally, you can find this podcast as well as other great faith-based podcasts on the Faith Play app. It's available for both Apple and Android. And so we encourage you to check that out as well. So until next time, this is Jason Day, encouraging you to love well and lead well.
0: You've been listening to the Church Leaders Podcast. For articles, videos, and free resources that will help you lead better every day, visit our website at churchleaders.com. Thanks for listening.